name is Brogan, Lieutenant Brogan. For 20 years, I was with the NYPD. Now, let's say I have transferred to another precinct. I'm Patrick Brogan, and alongside me is Alan Byrne. Hello, Alan Byrne. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is pilot season. I've said that already, but, you know, this is pilot season, a podcast all about television pilots. And this week, <laughs> we are watching a thing that kept throwing me for 45 minutes. So, so much so thrown because the main character has my name. We were watching the adventures of Lieutenant Patrick Brogan in Space Precinct. Yes. Uh, a universe where I am a, a veteran cop from New York who now lives in space with his wife and children in uh, the not-too-distant future. And I'm Ted Shackelford from uh, Dynasty? Knott's uh, Landing. Knott's Landing. One of those shows. And The Young and the Restless, <laughs> currently. Yeah, actually, the, the two leads, Ted Shackelford and Rob Youngblood, both um, soap guys. Mainly. I really want to talk so much about how Rob Youngblood's name just sounds like Rob Liefeld's self-insert fanfic character. <laughs> I feel like he, he had a creator-owned series called Youngblood. <laughs> I, I felt like he looked kind of like... Um, he looked kind of like the guy you'd get if you couldn't get the guy you wanted to get to be Matt LeBlanc. Because <laughs> so. Yeah, certainly Matt LeBlanc in 1994. It is a space precinct. It was a Jerry Anderson created series. Jerry Anderson, he of um, uh, Space 1999, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, Joe Ninety, all those kinds of shows. Um, Super Marionation. Yeah, the Super Marionation guy. Only this was not Super Marionation. This was um, live action, although it has plenty of model shots and stuff exploding, as you would expect from a Jerry Anderson show. Oh, it, it, it opens with uh, a, this episode trailer and it promises lots of explosions and it delivers on those explosions. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It stars uh, Ted Shackelford as <laughs> me. And his uh, his partner uh, Jack Haldane, played by the aforementioned Rob Youngblood. We've also got Simone Bendix as Officer Jane Castle. She of um, she's been a few, she's been a few different things. Uh, a lot of British shows in the nineties. Um, there's also other people who don't really have much of a career after this. The, uh, there is a guy in this, a voice actor in this, who was a voice of one of the doorknobs in Labyrinth. Oh, wow. I love the doorknobs in Labyrinth. Yeah, I, was... I'm not even joking. The doorknobs are great. Uh, it's the, the voice of um, uh, the big blue guy whose name I've forgotten. Uh, him. Oh, right. Uh, his name was Furiously Checks Nose Loister. <laughs> yes, Loyster's voice was the right doorknob. Ah. Uh, David Healy. Uh, also, the I went to college with David Healy. That was the same guy. No, it, 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 he didn't uh... look old enough to have been in Labyrinth. But yeah. then again, neither did David Bowie. Uh, I'm... Also, that David Healy was dead by the time you were in college. Um, this was the highest budgeted show, one of the highest budgeted shows that Anderson ever produced. Um, only. And it was relatively popular in Europe, according to Wikipedia. Well, those alien masks probably didn't come cheap. They've got the... moving eyes and stuff. No, they were really good. Um, what we only learned after this is there was a previous pilot uh, for a show called Space Police, which was uh, the original idea, I guess, for, for Space Precinct, um, where Shane Rimmer played Chuck Brogan. And that may be uh, online somewhere. We may come back to it sometime in the future. But uh, uh, we wanted to do this because, well, come on. <laughs> Patrick's in it. <laughs> I'm in it. I owned a toy of this, 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 this Ted Shackelford version of me. <laughs> do you realize how, how odd this was for a, oh, how old was I? About, God, I don't know. 
seven or eight years old. <laughs> I was not on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, five, six. Yeah, seven. How eight for a seven-year-old? <laughs> a young child. A young of child age. of an age to watch a TV show where the main character has your name. Pretty unusual. Yeah. It's... I can't say I've ever encountered a piece of media where someone has my name. But your name is a bit more common than mine. Is it really? Um, I... I know far more Brogans than I do Burns. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm related to most of them. <laughs> the Burns, not the Brogans. Well, um, funnily enough... Um, That's the... probably just a local bias, though. Possibly. Funnily enough, the... Um... The recently deceased uh, Irish uh, political press uh, officer, former political press officer, PJ Mara, was married to a Brogan. I'm not sure if they're related, but they lived, or she was from uh, Kinvara in Galway, which is where my sister lives. <laughs> and my sister has informed me that there are uh, Brogans living there, which makes sense. Um one of which you, one of which shares uh, the same name as my father, <laughs> and like my father, he is uh, involved in a lot of local things as a chairperson. Wow, uh, oh, the odds of finding another junior? Yeah, uh, no, not, not, not junior. He's Michael. Yeah, because the head of some festival in Kinvara is called Michael Brogan. <laughs> Which uh, for us was kind of funny, <laughs> but yeah, this is it was so weird. And my aunt bought me a the 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 action figure of of Patrick Brogan for um, Christmas, and uh, it came with a little identity card thing, and I carried it around. Brought to mass once. Don't know why. I think I was bored. I was not. I wasn't designed to be. Uh, I wasn't designed to be a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, so, yeah, I can't explain how weird this was. Um, I always said that, that uh, Jerry Anderson stole my name. Um, because Patrick Brogan isn't really a very common name. You don't get... It's not like I'm John Smith or something, you know? It's... it's. Not, I don't think... Your surname is just unusually spelt. It's, it's properly spelt. Well... For what it for is. For what it sounds like. It, yes, it sounds would, like another surname. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. It sounds like another surname. Um, if you were, if you were, you know, B or Y or B Y or N E. Yeah. Um, there'd be tons of them. Be tons of them, but not Bairn. Um, and in this, uh, in Space Precinct, um, actually, before we get to that, the as Alan mentioned, the. Um, the in, the intro has full of explosions. It has a this week's this week uh, this episode thingy, and and it's directed by John Glenn. Yes, John Glenn, director of like six Bond movies, five Bond movies. I oh, uh, Octopussy, The Living Daylights, um, other ones. I think, I think he did Goldfinger. I think he did live in. Let's 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 actually check. This is going to be a bit of an. He directed the following Bond movies. He directed a um, Moonraker. Uh, he directed. Let's go back. Okay, in order. He directed The Spy Who Loved Me. He directed Moonraker. He directed For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, A View to a Kill, The Living Daylights, and License to Kill. So mainly Roger Moore stuff. Yeah, he also was the uh, second unit director on Superman. Oh, he, actually, he was the editor and second unit director on uh, her, on Her Majesty's Secret Service and second unit director on The Italian Job. Ooh. His... Uh, storied career. Storied career, which ended with uh, The Point Men in 2002, one, one, and he also directed... Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, which apparently is terrible. Um, and Gold, the 1974 thriller starring Roger Moore and Susanna York. Directed lots of uh, 
lots of um, Roger Moore. Yeah. But here he is directing Ted Shackelford, who is a cop man. And we first meet the cop man, Ted Shackelford, playing Patrick Brogan. That is not going to get any more less weird, more or less weird. Yes. Yeah, you you messaged me during it, yeah while you were watching it saying that it, it it's weirding you out more than it did when you're a kid and I have a theory on this. Yes. It's because uh, they refer to him by Brogan a lot. Yes. And when you were a kid no one referred to you as Brogan. It's true. That's uh, something that started happening in secondary school. Yeah, and it doesn't happen now. It just always happened it was it was a secondary school thing. <laughs> and every time I'm like, "What? Oh. <laughs> That's not me." <laughs> That's the fake me. Um, also, Bert Quark was in this. <laughs> Bert Quark, who was Cato in uh, in the Pink Panther, and yep. naturally in Last of the Summer Wine, and also in the Harry Hill Show, um, was in this. Uh, just, just being a stereotypical space Asian, I guess. Someone saw Blade Runner when they wrote this episode. <laughs> you think? <laughs> it is very Blade Runner-y looking. And super 1995-ish or forward. It's very, it's very of its time and how it sounds as well. Where the music is so mid-90s, like Euro techno-y. And kind of great, actually. I like the music. Yeah, the, the theme song has a great mix of like uh, strings and brass section with a drum and bass beat line. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. And we start this episode out, we may have been wondering about it a bit, but I'll bring us back on track. We start this episode out with uh, uh, Brogan and Haldane uh, sitting in a car with uh, Bert Park, who plays a character called Slick, and they're on a stakeout. Um, Haldane uh, talks to Officer Castle over their little video phone and uh, she says what do you, she wants to know what he's got for her uh, he's all like I'm great and stuff because he's super cocky and handsome um, Haldane acts like the uh, guy in a sexual harassment <laughs> entertainment education video yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Uh, he, they're watching some literal illegal aliens, I guess, doing stuff. Um, while Haldane tries to make a hot dog in his, in the cruiser. Apparently, these space police cars have uh, microwaves. This technology is only twenty-four years away, people. Yeah, flying space microwaves that um, get ketchup out when the car has a bump during a dramatic chase. The they cut back to the police thing, when, the police station, when this chase with these aliens happens, and we're introduced to uh, Officer Took, who is a three-eyed Yoda-looking lady. Uh, well, I say three eyes. She has two eyes and one mysterious third eye that opens when she does mind power stuff. And this was the weirdest. This was a weird thing to do, although it established her telekinesis, I guess. But Officer Cows is like, hey, that took, let's go. And Took's like, floaty hat very slowly onto your head. Yep, I could I could have walked over there and picked it up faster, but no. But they play it off as like, oh, you. You're just you wasting our, off. you're wasting our time. But you're, you're, oh, you're, oh, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a nut. Took is not acting like this is an episode called Protect and Survive. <laughs> Does she have any lines? She's very few. She, she has very little to do actually, because she spends the entire episode sick. Yes, uh, lying in a lying in a bed. Um, but For we know reasons. Yeah, she gets a fl- she gets some sort of virus from these alien guys, and then gets locked in a medic thing for the entire episode, for no payoff, for very little payoff really. Um, the Brogan and Haldane then chase these guys into a future factory alien meat workhouse place um, where there's a, a, a tense scene of Lieutenant Brogan stalking through the alien meat warehouse 
and Bert Quark is scared. Um, then uh, someone pushes a large piece of meat at Lieutenant Brogan and shoots at him, but only scrapes his face because he's tough. Because, you know, he's tough. He's a Brogan. He's me. He's me. He's tough. I'm tough. I'm very tough. Uh, yes. Tough people always say how tough they are. They do. I'm so very tough. Um, eventually, Haldane, well, Brogan is cornered by um, by this alien dude, and uh, Haldane gets in and distracts the guy, and Brogan kills him because that's what we do. We kill people <laughs> or aliens, whatever it is. They didn't. They don't even. They weren't even sure if he was dead because it's established that <laughs> Brogan doesn't actually know alien physiognomy at all. Uh, Slick knows he's dead. Yeah. That sticks very clever. I feel like this episode, Ted Shackleford is basically doing, um, you know, Kirk in the undisco- was it the undiscovered country where he's in prison and he kicks the guy in the knees, and it's oh, yeah. it's it's the entire thing. <laughs> he knows not of alien physiognomy, and he's just gonna see what happens. Um, so. Then we have the interrogation scene, which seems pointless when you've got a, te- a telekinetic alien. She think, but she only thinks they might be telling the truth because she's sick. She caught some sort of virus from uh, something. Yeah, which might have something to do with the the guy that they're after. But there's it, no payoff for it. Yeah, it it, it just kind of happens, like. Maybe they decided, oh, we've got one too many characters to introduce. Let's just put this one on a bed for the entire episode and and make her a, a, a make her just a, some sympathetic character for the other char- for Officer Castle to be all like, Oh, Took, I love you. You're my but favorite let's not friend. Give us give the audience like any particular reason to be attached to this character at all. No, but Castle's clearly attached to her. They're 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 clearly Bezzy mates. 2K40. Um, um, also, we have after this the introduction of the uh, the on-running subplot of the uh, video game slam ball final ticket competition. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's there's these two cops, right? Uh, and, yeah. And they're terrible at their jobs. <laughs> Uh, uh, and they just want tickets to slam ball, and they have to get to level twelve in a video game to do it. Yeah, um, but it's the distant year of twenty forty, so obviously adults have no idea how to play video games. Oh yeah, and um, they they certainly haven't been growing up with them. Their entire, I mean, okay, fine, they're aliens; they're, they're different. But uh, <laughs> but why? <laughs> um. Oh, there's a payoff for this. It, it it works thematically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there also, is. That's also the moment where where they're all like, you know who'd be good at this? The robot. No, oh, first is Tuck. Oh, yes. They're like, she'd be good at this. And she collapses. They're like, Polly's robot. <laughs> <laughs> You'd oh, be useful. to Polly's robot. It really is. Great Rocky Five. <laughs> I watched Creed. I saw Creed the other day. And, and uh, Polly's room is in it. And I was hoping for the robot to appear, but there was no robot. Ah. <laughs> um, um, you have to wonder what happened to the robot in, in all that time. Um, also, the robot, although not voiced by the same guy, kind of sounds like a little bit like Brain from Thunderbirds. I don't know. I, I can't really imagine Brain's voice right now. Uh, the guy who did voice him... Uh, is an award is an award winning choreographer. He went on to choreograph the uh, the the horse movements on in War Horse the play, Ooh. and did some choreography for um, Danny Boyle's Olympics opening uh, ceremony, and he was in Twenty Eight Days Later as an infected priest. <laughs> I forget his name now, but that's that, that's his uh, IMDb. <laughs> So yeah, slow-mo scans took and she has a fever of some sort. Yes. Uh, some kind of fever that the chief who has inexplicably got us an Irish accent despite being an alien. 
<laughs> well, you you got to keep up the old cop stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> Even with aliens. Yeah. How? <laughs> How does this like weird alien guy have an Irish accent? That doesn't make any sense. Clearly, he's from Space Ireland. <laughs> oh, the old Space Ireland. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, but he wants this this Gershon guy stopped before. The whole planet gets infected with disease, I guess. Um, and then this evil guy, uh, we meet him. Uh, he's got Bert Quark locked in a car, and they're talking about how he was seen hanging around some cops. And he's like, do you want to drive this car, Bert Quark? And Bert's like, yeah, I'll drive this car. And... Basically, they attach a remote control thing to him, and they kill Bert Quark in a massive explosion. Yep, that was <laughs> that was one very big explosion for a car. It's easy to do big explosions when you're using model shots. Yeah, it was a, it, it was really um. Plus, it's a fine car. Those are notoriously unsafe. <laughs> Apparently, they are just made of things that will explode on contact with walls. But then again, everything in a Jerry Anderson production tends to be very, very, very explosive. Um, that was a really nice scene. That was nice because Bert Quark died. But um, it was actually a really tense thing. You, you didn't want Bert Quark to die. Yeah, he's, he's kind of charming. Yeah, he's a kind of charming character. He was like, he could have been the, the you know the Leo Getz of the, of the show, only slightly more stereotypically Asian, um, slightly more than Joe Pesci, <laughs> apparently. But Alan, mm-hmm. there was a witness. There was a witness, thing. like literally right behind them. Yeah, the whole time they didn't even look. We'll just assume this area is entirely empty. <laughs> it was a blue guy. The aforementioned blue guy. Who's name I just gave me again. You're... Uh, Armand Loyster. Armand Loyster. Um, giant blue dude who was voiced by a doorknob. Um, he... I've skipped my notes. Hold on. Then it cuts to... Uh... The Broken Household, where we're introduced to Patrick's family. Oh, God, that's really confusing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? what, what why, why are we talking about my family? <laughs> <laughs> and why, do we, and why do we live on what looks like DS9? <laughs> so Patrick's son, Matt, is into retro video games because he's playing an Oculus Rift. <laughs> yeah, sounds like him. 24 years into the future. <laughs> hey, and he's 14. And he'll do what he wants because he's a 14-year-old. Um, but I don't want him going downtown. I guess. Uh, I've, I'm, I've, I don't have any children. Called Matt or Liz. Uh, I've never but met anyone. Will. I've never met anyone called Sally. I literally have never met anyone called Sally, and I don't know what slam ball is. But I do know I don't want my son going downtown. Because <laughs> I've seen what happens downtown, Alan. <laughs> You come back with apparently really weird hair dye on the back of your head. It happens to him later. It's very weird. Roving gangs with hair dye. Yeah. Um, but the entire subplot here are, are for, for, for uh, Lieutenant Brogan uh, is... Every time I say it, it sounds... It's really weird. I, I keep getting this weird twinge and I go, Lieutenant Brogan? What? Um... <laughs> It's actually kind of freaking me out. Um, the entire thing here is that he's not spending much time with his family. His wife is 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 um, not too happy about this. His son's getting rebellious. His daughter's kind of fine with everything. Also, he doesn't like the alien stuff. Yeah. Aliens. 
because there's a big load of alien meat for dinner. Yeah, and uh, his son does the does that has that little uh, buzzer thingy that uh, initially Ted Shackelford is pretty happy with with seeing this because like hey, I haven't seen this in years. When he finds out, oh, it was from downtown. Nothing good comes from downtown. I really thought that buzzer thing would play into the the resolution of the plot, but no. No, no, nothing at all. It's just just, just a, a thing that happens. Um, also, he gets a video call while at apparently at dinner. He couldn't just go to another room to take this call either to find out that uh, Bert Quark's been killed. Yeah. Um, the video call. Well, that's system, great for the kids to hear. Yeah, the video call in this in this system in this uh, show is kind of. Uh, uh, suspect in how it operates. <laughs> Given how things happen later, I think being told a guy was killed is a lot better than what actually happens. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Oh yes, we'll get to that. Um, but they found out about uh, uh, the guy that has um has seen the murders, and uh, so. They're going to get Brogan and Haldane to talk to him. But the two idiots from before are now trying to get the Sandball tickets. And they tell the chief that it's for a, a, a fraud thing that they've discovered. And the chief at least lets on that he believes them. And if, um, meanwhile, there's sexual tension in space, Alan. Uh, would you call it sexual tension or more lessons in pickup artistry? <laughs> Uh, I think they're going for sort of tension, romantic tension. That is a classic example of negging, Patrick. <laughs> well, you know, he's read the he's read the game of the future. So, uh, although he's not wearing a silly hat. Yeah. So to explain, Haldane and negs Castle in the firing range. This is an exact quote from my notes. Uh, because <laughs> she misses more shots than she hits. Yeah. He's so like, I can teach you how to hit things. And then maybe you can protect your partner. And he, then he realizes her partner is currently, you know, possibly dying. And he 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 relents. He's all like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Um, which I guess he is. Um, and that's the end of that scene. And... I think that's the only time in the episode those two characters interact in person is when they're in the shooting range. Um, I think. Yes, there, there was the flirty phone call at the start mm. when he was supposed to be doing his freaking job. <laughs> well, he was also making a hot dog. <laughs> Which, you know, he doesn't seem to be very job-focused, does, uh, does Jack Haldane. Um, meanwhile, at the Hotel Nirvana... It was 1994, by the way. <laughs> uh, they uh, go to talk to um, Loyster. I finally remembered his name. Um, who is slimy and blue. And when um, Lieutenant Brogan shakes his hand, he gets blue gunk over his hand because alien. Ooh. And uh, then Castle meets visits to in the medical thingy and nothing really happens but I'm so glad that we've been given so many opportunities to care for Took yeah with, well, with her line and her powers yeah we cut away from the actual plot to that and we cut back to this, those two blokes um, but they've got Gerson coming into the police station because they've arrested him yeah man um, just, justice is swift here yeah um, they've got Slow-mo hooked up to the machine. Actually, he was... Sorry, the voice of Slow-mo wasn't the guy I'm thinking of, but because uh, the guy I have in my notes here, the guy who voiced Slow-mo does a bunch of video games. Uh, some uncredited actor was the other guy I was talking about. Uh, I can't remember the names now because I've got to write them down, but uh, IMDB is there. You can look them all up there. Um, the uh, Gerson basically just... Comes in smoking a cigar. They're all like, this is a no smoking place. And he puts a cigar in a pot plant. And it's got some sort of like tracker in it. Yes. So, so this was all part of the plan. Yeah. 
to get arrested was all part of his plan. Also, like, you think that somebody would check the the cigar the guy the, the the guy stubbed or pick it up or throw it out or do something like that to it? Like they might have cleaning staff. Yeah, or I search assume the prisoner for for things. Yeah, I mean, just as swift, but it's also dumb, dumb and irresponsible. Um, but back to the our main characters in this hotel. Um, turns out Loyster can uh, eat because it has like a reptilian tongue thing where he can just eat flies off the wall because flies follow him around because I guess he's gross. Um. This just kind of plods along, doesn't it? Yep, this, this, it sure does. It's not awful, but it's not fantastic. <laughs> yeah, there, there there are pacing issues with this. Yeah, it's um. Although I, it doesn't help that Tuck's whole thing sickness plot yeah. is entirely pointless. Yeah, it's like they want to introduce a character. And then, you know, save her for later. It doesn't give Castle a lot to do either. No. No, she just... You have to wonder if they really needed that subplot at all. Could they just cut that entire subplot? Did they just have it there to introduce these characters for future episodes or something? Because that's basically all it seems to make make sense. Yeah, all you end up getting out of this is that Castle cares about her partner. Yeah, and Jack wants to you know, get with her. Um, I mean, you learn more about the Brogan family and uh, the about as and about, and about as much about um, the two guys who want to win the slam ball ticket as you do about. Uh, where am I in the thing? So uh, Lister has a frog tongue. Yes, he has a frog tongue, and and then he needs to go to pee. Yes, and he wants someone to watch him. But they're happy to not watch him pee. And, uh... At least they didn't kink shame him. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, then, then uh, we... Tuck wakes up. Oh, yeah, she wakes up and she, she floats her hat around. And now she's okay. Yay! Uh, yeah. Aw, touching. I, we also had a bit where the two guys come straight in from, uh... From, um... Arresting a drunk... To go back to their game, <laughs> like straight away, which they're not even playing at this point. They've gotten slow motor robot to play it, mm. but they're uh, watching him play. <laughs> it, they're basically doing it. It's basically they're watching a let's play, like <laughs> with a robot. Which that's a two assisted much... run. That's the, the that's specialty stuff. And um, but there are evil men out to get Loyster now. Because... Yes, because uh, Castle wants to tell Brogan uh, that Tuck's okay, and she can't just ring Brogan. <laughs> nope. She has, she has to know the exact location where he is. Con- no. And this will conveniently be said in front of the potted plant where the cigar was stubbed at earlier, which has a bug in it, which is entirely the plan. Yeah. And apparently his family can, he can just be wrung from his stakeout place. Yeah. That seems like That's a secure. Yeah, it's so it's so secure because, oh boy, um, I'll... yeah. Also, Sally's kind of pissed off with him for doing his job. Yeah, he never once says, "Honey, I'm involved in witness protection at the moment. I literally can't come home, or someone will die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. Seems either not clued in or clueless. I'm not okay. I'm gonna put this out here. Um, I'm not gonna marry this Sally woman. Don't like her. Don't like her perm. Don't like the way she's seems to be oblivious to apparent future me's job. But you you don't know how you're gonna change in 24 years, Patrick. You <laughs> you still have to move to New York, join the NYPD. Yeah. Well, I have um. What, four years or so to actually start this 20 years of being an NYPD officer. So, yep. <laughs> I, okay, that's good. That's nice to know my life is mapped out for me. <laughs> I want to know where I am in all this. I, yeah. 
What did that touch be? That would be interesting to know. <laughs> I'm gonna guess you're. I'm gonna guess you're somewhere on in 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 the city place. You know, I'm downtown. You're downtown. Yeah, I think you're down. I think you're the guy who gave Matt the stupid haircut. Yeah, yeah, I have a mobile barber shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that haircut. Because <laughs> what the hell is that haircut? <laughs> Matt comes back from downtown with a leather jacket and a haircut. Not a... Well, a haircut to the back of his head. <laughs> he has his normal hair on the front. On the back, he has one part like black and one part bright red. And it's, it's cut really tight, whereas the front is all the way it was the whole episode, which is sort of longer. And he's wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> like, what? 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 When, how is that a thing? It, it's like he's weird future punk. <laughs> um, it's the anti mullet. Yeah, and it's a business in the fr- business in the front. In- party in the front, business. No, not even. No. It's party in the front, punk in the back. <laughs> um, and his mother doesn't really react to this much. Yeah. Oh, bro, you got a haircut. <laughs> You, yeah. You've drastic since you left. Um, but she she just has a phone call through a went through like a picture frame with uh with Patrick and um he's she insists that he needs a father who comes home once in a while and then after the phone call he's walking around the he's really annoyed and walking around the hotel room going stupid woman stupid kids why did I even get married? <laughs> I could be. I could be living free and single as a forty-year-old man in space. Think of all the space. Like in the ladies. original pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Think of all the space ladies I could be getting with. <laughs> uh, this this prompts Lois to talk about his family, and we have Haldane looking at a photo in the guy's wallet, and he can't figure out what way to look at it because aliens. Um. But Brogan must leave for air because uh, I guess being a, a policeman and a father is real stressful. Um, how could anybody do such a thing? How could anyone both be in law enforcement and have a family? It's impossible. And be in space. Man. He's in space as well. You have to take in the space thing. The spa- space makes everything harder, Alan. That's true. Um, who knows what the what you know the, the, the situation is like on that planet. Maybe it's maybe it's, you know the, there's so less oxygen or something. Maybe it makes him more stressed. I don't know. I don't know how, sp- how science works. Am I a scientist? No. I'm apparently a space detective. <laughs> space lieutenant. You're going to have to uh, work a long time to get out the space detective. <laughs> that's, uh, that's in the series. It never happened. In the series, it didn't happen. I was a detective. Um, <laughs> the, the gunman guy, alien guy, comes walking down the hall and um, just as Brogan's coming uh, back uh, from... we'll, we'll stop for a second he comes w- walking down the hall with his gun in his hand yeah he gives no he, he gives no dams about being caught apparently this is really going to increase his notori- notoriety and in future levels he's going to have a lot more trouble I the thing is he also knows exactly what room it is so he doesn't need to take his gun out <laughs> yes I, I have further problems with the the hit on, on Noyster. We'll, we'll get to that when it happens. Oh, I can think of why. Um, also, uh, actually, I've forgotten that point, but anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah, Brogan goes to get a cup of coffee um, and he turns a corner, sees the gunman and shoots him pretty much. But then he goes back to the room, tries to get them both out, and someone jumps to the window. What is this plan? <laughs> <laughs> the plan is nonsense. Why didn't nonsense. he just jump in the window? If you have a guy ready to jump in the window, why send a guy walking through the halls with a gun in his hand to warn the police? Um, they wanted to double up? Like, I don't know. Maybe gunman number one was going to come through the door and gunman number two was going to come through the window and they were going to double kill everyone um, in a dramatic style because, you know, 
subtlety isn't their game. <laughs> okay, okay, better plan. Just shoot them from the window. <laughs> but that's you don't even have to subtle. smash in through the window. You've got flying cars. You park your flying car outside the window, open the door, bang, 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 dead. Job done. These are the worst hitmen. Agent 47 should, would be ashamed. But what does happen is that... Um... That he comes in and takes the guy hostage. Yeah, he comes in and takes the guy hostage. And right in the middle of this, Liz decides she wants to call her dad. <laughs> and the entire broken family watch as their dad and husband shoots an alien guy <laughs> live on the telephone. How does this phone system work? It just answers automatically. So you can witness murders. Oh. Who designs a phone system that just automatically answers at any given moment? You could be doing anything. Yeah. I'll be there for one. (laughs) That blue guy could have been walking around naked. And the guy's kids would have seen it. Why did he? They even know where he was in the first place. That is, it, it, it's. There are so many problems with what's going on in that hotel room, <laughs> and with this entire police force in space. So anyway, <laughs> Patrick goes over to the phone and says, "Can't talk. Gotta go." <laughs> Hi, kids. Shot a guy. Bye. And, and ushers Loister out of the room. Leaving his children to watch a corpse. Only hangs up there. Um, Outside the hotel, there's a hitman with a car. Another one. That could easily have been parked outside a window. Yep. <laughs> I, I've I already gone over that. It didn't occur to me when I was watching it. There was the third guy. <laughs> and he chases them down. And throws one of those remote control things onto the car. And... But, but, but hang on, I've... I've... Another thing to point out, um, there's a, a cut to the the precinct, the the, the titular precinct in space, uh, where the two cops are uh, who've been playing a, a slam ball all the time uh, have told the captain that Sally rang <laughs> and said that there's something going on. <laughs> Not the two police officers. <laughs> Apparently, they have no other way of contacting their station if the thing in the car goes down. Yeah. This makes no sense. His wife has to ring into the station to tell him something is wrong. How do they police in space? How? I don't think that they don't police very good. They police bad. They bad police. They, they're, they're, they're bad, bad cops. Um, the, uh, the. In fact, my next note has so many problems <laughs> in it, but that's to do with something else. Because after the, the guy throws the the remote control thing and starts remote controlling the police cruiser, and uh, Loister grabs it with his tongue and does, eats it, I guess. You don't see it again. So, um, yeah, Loister started dying. Yeah, he starts dying. I assume it's because he's swallowed the the remote or something. Yeah, because the, he needs CPR. And Haldane doesn't know how to do CPR, apparently. Not because, on aliens. Well, neither does Broken, as it turns out. But uh, he, he gets Haldane to take the controls so he can do CPR. Because he's a hero, and heroes do CPR on strange aliens. Well, first he starts doing um, chest compressions. Yeah. But he realizes he doesn't actually know where the the guy's heart is. So he does the mouth to mouth. Which they don't actually show on screen. Helen just says, you're going above and beyond the call of duty. Because apparently you should let the witness die because he's all gross and slimy. Yeah, uh, again, they're good cops. <laughs> they're the best cops in space. Um... Meanwhile, this space precinct uh, law system is 
kind of Ace Attorney? Because it's time for the trial. Yep. Already. They work fast. And inefficiently, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> also, it was... Um, it was apparently just like... They were going to do the trial even before the key witness had arrived. The, the, and the police chief knew not of where his key witness was. <laughs> yep. So, so the guy nearly walked free because no one knew where the key witness was at all. Like I said, exactly like Ace Attorney, a.k.a. Japan's legal system. So basically, it's Space Japan. Maybe. Again, Blade Runner. But Loyster is able to make a statement via satellite. Yep. <laughs> Which instantly convicts Gershon. <laughs> because he just points it and goes, He did it! It was him! He did the murdering! And then Gershon punches his lawyer. Which is probably not the action of an innocent man. <laughs> no! No, no, not... not not the best thing to do if you're trying to make yourself seem innocent and then our two leads smirk into the computer into the into the video screen and Haldane says gotcha professional then at the firing range castle can shoot better now because her partner isn't sick i think you'll find it's the flirting range <laughs> cuz they're there to flirt not to shoot and they flirt with their guns <laughs> because guns are a like a sexual metaphor here, I guess. <laughs> he wants to fire. He he fires his bullets into her holes. Anyway, Haldane, and just ask her out in a drink like a goddamn normal person. <laughs> I like how you just totally just ignored my innuendo there and plowed right on. It's the best thing to do when you make or start making innuendo, <laughs> especially ones that terrible. What the hell? <laughs> Hey, I was using the material they gave me. <laughs> I'd prefer if you didn't. She does ask him out. Or he does, and she says, maybe, but not right now, because of my reasons. Um, and the two slamball guys won their, their thing by cheating. <laughs> and the chief, uh, who apparently had figured out the all along what they were doing, um, takes the tickets and... Gives them to Lieutenant Brogan, who uh, sneaks into his son's room and puts the tickets on his son's bedside locker. Uh, then sees the kid's weird hairdo and gives him a quizzical look. <laughs> then walks to the door where Sally is waiting for him and she's all like, I'm so glad you're here. And the door closes and it sounds like they start making out behind the door, which is kind of weird. Like, they could have done better. They could have picked a better place to start um, having adult uh, interactions, <laughs> as is implied by the sounds. <laughs> but it's a very weird choice. That's how the show ends. With Patrick Brogan getting some. Which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing our shows don't end that way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'd be really awkward for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. But that's... Can I hang up yet? You haven't done the outro. <laughs> Patrick! That is the outro. <laughs> that is the cold outro. The, 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 the hot outro. Oh, God. This, uh, does the character name thing just really. It's the I don't know if anyone else listening to this has ever had this issue. It's just so weird. <laughs> Having I can't explain how it feels. It's just like that's my name, and these are these are names with my name, and it, it's like it's like when Homer sees you know Mr. Sparkle. It's like his name is my face. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> uh, I went looking up the action figure. Uh, did you have the one with or, with or without the jacket? Uh, without the jacket. Uh, I didn't see the jacket. What kind of jacket was it? It, it was a black leather jacket. Oh. No, nah, he didn't. Pants. He didn't wear the jacket. He was he was jacketless. 
He um very small, not really a great not really a great action figure, but um weird that it 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 didn't have great ratings in the states and it didn't get sort of got cancelled, but it managed to get toys and junk here, and uh, maybe over there too, um which given the way it's it's sort of it's clearly not kids show it's kind of in that vein of i guess in the 90s when you had that kind of thing where not kids appropriate stuff would get toys it wasn't very adult no but it was it wasn't totally child friendly either Uh, that said we both watched it when we were you know seven and eight years old Hold on, my, I know you sent me something that my Skype... Yeah, I sent you uh, some images there of the two uh, Patrick Brogan action figures. <laughs> That's never going to not sound weird. Um, let's see if I'm I've... sure any Jane Castles out there had the same scenario. Yeah. Yeah, the, I had uh, figured two. Um, the one with, with a solid, which had apparently a solid construction with no rubber bands, nine points of articulation in his neck, shoulders, elbows, hips, and knees, and a gun and ID card. Also, slightly worse, his his hairline was really weird on the on the. The the toy looks like Dolph Lundgren. I had see I I I had that card thing and I carried it around when I was a child. Because wouldn't you? <laughs> Carry a card around with my name on it? Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a gun in my picture, though. Oh, no, you don't. I've seen, I, I've seen your ID cards. <laughs> One of them barely counts. <laughs> should I tell that story? Maybe I should just tell that story. Tell that story while I get the, the rankings up. So, um, I got this... Uh, 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 Card ID, it's called. It's the national age card. I got when I, uh, when I just turned eighteen. I waited six months to get it, and when it arrived, the uh, photo was so faded on it that it could literally be anyone. You could just about make out the outline of my face. You did uh, look like your um, your younger brother. <laughs> yes, yeah, like he, he easily could have used that. And he was about what twelve at the yes. time. But you looked like what he looked like then, <laughs> and I'm young looking anyway. I I've only recently stopped being asked for ID. <laughs> now about ten years on, so I can't get get uh, get away with just going into an off license and and acting all grown up. <laughs> now I have to show this card for years until I I give up and just start bringing my passport everywhere and eventually get a driving license. Uh, uh, but I got refused in a notorious in our area uh, pub for serving underage people. When and he was overage. Probably the only person who's ever been carded in that pub. <laughs> and when he was legally, you know, yes, uh, he was over 18 at the time. This, this clearly looks fake, I was told, about my official card ID. Well, I was only ever carded uh, twice, and I was well into my 20s at the time. So at that point, it's a compliment. <laughs> um, so where in the rankings should we put this? Actually, before we go on with the rankings, um, pour one out for Glenn Fry. Ah, uh, yes. Glenn Fry died today, unfortunately, at the age of 67. Yeah. Um. It's not a great time to be a, a classic rock star. Or the star of South of Sunset. Number 18 in our list, South of Sunset. The heat is off. Um, where would we put uh, Space Precinct? Okay, well, as soon as you mention it, the star South of Sunset. Yeah. I think, despite some plot problems, it's better than South of Sunset. Yeah. It's like production-wise, it's actually kind of impressive for its time. 
yeah, yeah, the the animatronics on, on the robots and the alien he- heads are pretty damn impressive. Yeah, the the space stuff. There's some mo- a lot of model soft stuff. Some some computer stuff, I think, mm. which looks decent like for the time. I, yeah, it's probably not a lot of computer stuff. Yeah, but there's... It's small bits, mm. uh, and plus I think. Space Precinct doesn't fail at what it's trying to do as much as Sunset does. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, the places Space, where Space Precinct wasn't trying to be gritty cop drama. No. Um, where it does fail is like there's a couple of plot threads. Well, there's one plot thread involving a major character that has no point. Um, and with the Tukey plot, because that has no bearing on the plot whatsoever. Uh, there's a few weird problems with how this police police precinct operates, and some really just stupid stuff that's obviously put in there just for just to just to be there and just to kind of be. Uh, I guess amp up the drama like the like the, the the video call thing, which is a stupid. And the hitman have the worst thing. plan. And the hitman have the worst plan. It's there. It, it's not perfect by any means. Basically, is what is what I'm trying to get at here. Um, there are lots of flaws in it. Uh, lots of done purely just, I guess, because they wanted to do it because it would be dramatic or whatever. Um. I don't think it does better than South of Sunset. I think it's definitely uh, like probably I'm looking somewhere between South of Sunset and Look Well. Yeah. That kind of range between 14th and 18th. Uh, um, right, let's take the middle of that list and then look at J. Digger Doyle. Yeah. Um... Which is a show that fails in its it, it fails, Yeah, it fails in setting up the the character that you want to make a spin-off for. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this lots of times, but they didn't want to upstage Magnum. Yeah. And, and in doing so, they didn't establish a, a Digger as any sort of hmm. lead character. I think this establishes the world, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting that, that um, Lieutenant Patrick Brogan isn't exactly comfortable with aliens. Yeah. Like um, he, we don't know how long he's been in space. Yeah. But it isn't long. I'm not sure if it's just uh, unfamiliarity or if it's actual xenophobia. Space racism. Um, I'm a space racist, Alan. <laughs> okay, well, if you're a space racist, then uh, <laughs> then maybe we should be voting this down a bit for <laughs> space racism. Well, Jerry Anderson's vision of me is a space racist. Uh, I'd put it... I was going to put it anywhere. Probably be... Fourteenth between Lookwell and Mockingbird Lane. Uh, that sounds about right. Mm. Uh, Mockingbird Lane had some stuff to drag, drag it down, even though it had Eddie Izzard in it. He dragged it up. He he, thought, he pulled it up. He really did. I, I he was he was the best character in that. Oh, by far, um, yes. Lookwell, I think, works for what it is a lot. Yeah. Better. It knows what, and it kind of knows what it is, and it, it yeah, it, look well, absolutely knows what it is, and it it, it goes for one hundred percent. The the problem is, yeah. look well, couldn't go any further. Mm. So yeah, uh, number fourteen sounds like a good spot for it. Space precinct, space precinct, starring Ted Shackelford as me goes of uh, me of the future. Goes to number 14 on our list. Maybe one day we'll look at Space Police and see how my cousin Chuck is getting on. 
God, Chuck is just not an. an I've never heard. I've never heard the name Chuck put against the name. Sounds Bro. like an American sound to me. Yeah, um, I probably do have American relatives. It's just we've never we don't know anything about them. <laughs> they're they're distant relatives. They 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 left generations hence, and everyone lost touch with them. Um, although I do actually have cousins living in New York, so that's like <laughs> that are, I actually have met um, because they lived here first. Uh, because Ireland people emigrate. Uh, next week, Alan. Next week, yes. Uh, we're gonna watch a show about a doctor who's a grumpy doctor who has a cane. He uh, he limps about the place. He he he's 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 just a grumpy guy. We're watching that one episode of Scrubs that. Uh, parodies House. <laughs> <laughs> In that we're actually watching House. <laughs> Which I've only ever seen one episode of about six years ago. Is it the pilot? Nope. Ah. I don't think it was. Is it that one where House doesn't get the diagnosis right the first time but then eventually figures out what it is? Probably was, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I feel like that's most episodes of House as far as I'm aware. Um Right at the same time, I saw one episode of The Wire, actually. Um, I saw one episode of two shows everyone was watching in 2008. Um, in, back then, and never wanted to watch anymore. Well, so next week, I got to... Um, because them's the rules. Them is the rules. We, makes the ru- we make the rules, uh, and we abide by the rules. Uh, un- uh, the rules of space, apparently, and, and um, video phones. <laughs> I actually wish their video that their video phone technology was was, was somewhat like our current technology because <laughs> this this uh, recording has been interrupted by my internet going down twice and uh, Skype dropping um, and we couldn't just go and reconnect straight away like uh, like to do in the show where I could witness Alan murdering somebody. Hey, uh, you promised you wouldn't tell people about that. Now I'm gonna murder someone else. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I assume in that you mean me but I like to also think that uh, you just mean some random person well won't you be surprised to find out I will be um, I guess that's another episode of pilot season we've stumbled our way through to the end of this episode uh, uh, I, I was up till about 4 in the morning uh, last night Filming a new video. Um, the reason it took that long is there were technical problems with some of my equipment that I had to deal with that delayed me. And then uh, you were beset by issues on all sides. I really was. Um, they were all light related. <laughs> uh, a light that I bought literally kind of exploded, um, not in a bad way, but in a not in a bad violent way but in a bad it broke kind of way um so there should be a new episode i hope in the next uh i think by the time this goes up it it may be near completion or maybe i don't know if it'll be up but it'll be nearly ready to go up probably by the end of the week after this episode goes up um because we're going to be a week ahead of ourselves because of reasons which i uh I've been editing the podcast from last week because there was technical issues there as well. But by the time you hear this, that'll be up. And by the time this is up, the next video should be ready and things will be rolling again. And it puts more pressure on Alan to do his end of the deal, which is right stuff. Right stuff, Alan. Oh, yes. Um, I had a busy weekend. You were there for some of us. <laughs> I was there for some of it. I had a busy weekend, too. I was all. I was there for all of it. Um... <laughs> Uh, so from two busy people, um, one is Patrick Brogan, the unemployed historian. You can find me at theunemployedhistorian.com, dot com, at nerdvice dot com, at space no not there, <laughs> or tcomer dot com, uh, YouTube, uh, Tumblr, Twitter, places. You can find me in all those places. Um, Alan, if people wanted to find you, where could they find you? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter where my username is at Alan Byrne, A-L-A-N-B-E-I-R-N-E. I'm also uh, on Tumblr, that's alanbyrne.tumblr.com. Or you can go to my website, alburn.com, which uh, successfully avoided uh, the most inept hitman I have ever seen. As you put out, you can also find me uh, in 2040 in space being a cop. Um, I don't know how I get there, but I, I apparently the I do. Around. Yeah. Uh, well, Jerry Anderson predicted, and so I must follow. Uh, we'll be back next week with House MD. Goodbye, night and day. Stop. Bye.